Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. Hello, everybody. You can never put that out, no matter how D2. hard it rains. Uh, uh, so I'm going to be just me going solo old school way back in the day for folks that have been following the blog for a very very long time you, you're used to just hearing me which is either a, a nice return to the old old times or uh, a real disappointment either way i'm the guy you got and we're going to talk draft i'm excited to talk with all of you i see there's already folks in the chat there's already conversation going on last night we were on for four hours we were on so long that the YouTube chat in our streaming system actually like froze up because there had been chat for so long and it could no longer handle all of that. So looking forward to today, tonight, wherever it is for you. It's a big, big day. Obviously, day one was huge. What you do with that fifth pick, that is the Powerball pick of the draft of the decade of the multiple decades for the Seahawks. If you hit on the fifth pick in the draft, it can be a, a franchise changing pick. If you miss on that pick, it can also be a franchise changing pick. If you pass on somebody that can be franchise changing as well. All of those things are in play for the Seahawks as we know. And then they had their really the start of their draft, the start of their quote normal draft. And I think slept on a little bit was, the Seahawks haven't had the 20th pick for quite a while. So, you know, I think that you have to appreciate the fact that both of these picks were pretty darn good for Seattle in terms of where they were in the draft. And the, the board didn't fall perfectly in the sense that you didn't get exactly the optimal need addressed with the optimal talent at the optimal spot. You didn't get a chance to trade back and accumulate more picks in the really the sweet spot of this draft, which is really picks between like 20 and 70. There's just a lot of players. If you can pick the more you can pick between 20 and 70, the better off you're going to be. I think there's a lot of starters that are going to come off the board today. But in another way, the board fell pretty beautifully to the Seahawks. They got the best cornerback by most people's assessment in this draft. And they got the best receiver by almost everybody's assessment in this draft. And they didn't have to trade up or trade anything to get those. They just got those guys. And those are two of the most valuable positions on any roster. And 
now Seattle's done something that I've always advocated for them to do, and they rarely have done, which is they've created a pile at a position. They've created an area of strength in their position group. And so now you can argue, depending on how things play out, the Seahawks may have the best receiving core in the NFL. I think it's certainly going to be worth debating that as the season goes on. The Seahawks may have the best cornerback group in the NFL. That is going to be something to debate going forward, but it's absolutely in the conversation. And if you want to win Super Bowls, it starts. Everyone talks about quarterback, and I get it. Quarterback is a big, big, big deal. But getting some part of your team that is the best possible group or an elite group or an elite player, that is really how you start to build championship teams. So, you know, I had fun kind of going back. I, I watched our initial reactions to both picks. I certainly wasn't thrilled when the Witherspoon pick was announced. And as I was joking with the guys and gals uh, today about, 100% of that for me was very emotional. It was very much about, I had my heart set on hoping that they would see what they needed to see and be confident that Jalen Carter was going to be the kind of pro that they needed. And so them not picking Jalen Carter was just me being crestfallen that nope, he did not pass the test. It really wasn't even about Schneider or Carroll. I didn't leave that feeling angry at them or thinking that they really screwed it up. I know. I, I think I said something like that in, in the moment, but that's really not how I felt. It was much more, man, if the stars had aligned and Jalen Carter could have been the man that they needed him to be, that would have allowed them to pick him at five and he would have lived up to his potential in Seattle. That was, there's no other pick that would have been better for this team. So the fact that that just didn't happen was disappointing and I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not going to spin it. That's just the case. That has nothing to do with Devin Witherspoon. As far as other options of what they could have done, I mean, obviously, if Will Anderson had fallen to them, I would have been happy for them to pick Will Anderson. Wasn't a choice. So of the guys that were left, even the people that love Anthony Richardson, I was not a huge Anthony Richardson fan, obviously, but even those folks, he wasn't a choice. So there's no, no real point in talking about it. The options were trading back Tyree Wilson, Devin Weatherspoon. Those were really the choices. And... They clearly were trying to trade back. There's no other reason that you're on the clock as long as they were all the way down to the end. They tried to trade back. They couldn't. They took Devin Witherspoon. And between, since they couldn't trade back, it really becomes a choice of Devin Witherspoon or Tyree Wilson. No friggin' question in my mind which of those two guys I wanted. Witherspoon's a guy that I think can be a blue chip corner. Tyree Wilson's a question mark as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what, what he will become. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I am pretty bullish on having two great corners. And honestly, I think this could end up being three great corners. I, I'm still high on Trey Brown. I think that you could end up having four great corners, depending on how things go with Kobe Bryant. I think that Michael Jackson is no slouch. I don't think Michael Jackson has great corner upside, but Michael Jackson is about as good of a backup corner as you're going to find in the NFL. If that's how it works out. And he's super, super physical. Um, so 
I don't know. I, I think that it's an exciting group. I think that Schneider said there was like one or two players that he would have stayed put for and Witherspoon was one. You know, I, I, I really like John Schneider, but that's crap. I mean, if Witherspoon was one of the guys they would stick for, then why were they on the phones up until the last second trying to trade out of the pick? <laughs> so, I mean, they clearly were going to trade out if they could. Uh, I think that maybe Will Anderson was a guy they wouldn't have traded out for. Maybe, maybe Anthony Richardson was that guy. My read of looking at John Schneider when he first started his press conference last night was disappointment. My 90% instinct is that that's about the fact that he could not make a move back with either five or 20. And I think that 20 especially was a bummer for him. He did not want to stick at 20. He knows he could have gotten a good player at 25 or 28 or even 32 or whatever it would be. And he didn't get to add a pick as a result. And so he had to stick and pick. And I think that that really bugged him, but there's a, there's a chance that part of what he was disappointed about is he wanted Anthony Richardson, you know, as someone who is really against that as a move and didn't think that was going to happen and bet some money that it wouldn't happen. I'm going to absolutely acknowledge that there's a chance that was the case. And, you know, there'll be people that say that they've got sources that say it was absolutely going to be Anthony Richardson and other people say that they won't. And honestly, I don't care about any of that because nobody really knows and I don't trust anybody's sources. Uh, so unless John tells me himself that they were going to do it, I really won't, I won't believe it. So, uh, but it is a chance. I think that there, I think that that is possible that that's part of what he was disappointed about. On the Jalen Carter front, one of the things that I would bring up there is, uh, I don't think people are like, oh, maybe he'll slide to 20. I don't think he was on their board at this point. I, like if they had any interest in Jalen Carter, they would have taken him at five because it wasn't a talent issue. And so once he was off their board, he was off their board. And their reports for folks that have seen on Twitter, uh, Mike Holmgren's been on KJR and he was talking about the fact that the visit didn't go well. Carter came out, didn't go well. I'm not super shocked. I mean, we, we've been trying to spin it ourselves as much as possible because we wanted it to be logical, but it is not surprising in the least that a guy that had already concerns about his character, this is a guy that the press in, in Georgia said was not made available to them throughout the season, which is very unusual, for especially for a guy that's one of the best players on the team. Clearly the coaches had some reason to be concerned about having, giving him media availability. There were a lot of talk about some of his family background, some of the people that he hung around with and his crowd. Uh, the fact that he got into this racing deal and had that, we don't know what they found in further background checks. Wouldn't be shocking if there were other things in his past that were concerning. Then he shows up overweight to his pro day. Then he doesn't finish the position drills. Then his agent says, I'm only going to talk to top 10 teams. All these things point to people handling things in some way because Jalen Carter just is a question mark at best. And if they're being honest with themselves, he's probably someone who, even if he hits, he may not hit for long. He might be the Albert Hainsworth storyline. Albert Hainsworth, for people that don't remember, was a world beater, world beater for the Titans. 
he went to the what was the Redskins at that point huge contract i want to say like 100 million dollars i mean I, I don't remember i remember it was being a massive contract especially for a defensive tackle and he was never the same and he was always a moody guy you know always just known as kind of being cantankerous and i think he just stopped caring uh about the game and i would not be at all surprised if jalen carter's a guy that Maybe he pops and shows some really great talent and then fizzles or gets into problems or some other issues pop up and he never becomes the sustainable great player. Maybe he could have been your uh, Marcus Tubbs. Now that's a, a poll for people that remember him on the CX old first round pick defensive tackle. Marcus Tubbs was good enough to help the Seahawks get to a Super Bowl, and then he kind of physically fell apart. That wasn't a, a motivation thing. But, you know, I think that it's really not worth crying over spilt milk with Jalen Carter because the fact of the matter is once they had their time with him, he was never going to be a Seahawk, plain and simple. And if they had that instinct in working with him, then I would rather them get a guy at five that they feel really good about and really excited about that they know is going to add to their room than take a guy just based on need and against their ethics and against their their kind of philosophy that they think would create issues in the locker room. So anyway, that's my take on Carter. Um, there are questions from patrons. And I want to try to take some of those just as we get into the draft. Um, if you haven't already, patreon.com slash hawkblogger gets you instant access to the Slack channel. You too can be asking questions. I know there's folks in the chat here asking questions. I'm going to take patron questions first. They have uh, been part of the crew and we're going to give them that right. Uh, and then we'll, we will, I'm going to start sharing my screen because most likely the draft will start while I am while I am talking. So let's go ahead and do this. Is that no that's ooh, that's way too big. Let's do that. Um all right. So hopefully you all can see that. Um and I'm gonna, I'm gonna shrink this down so we only have to see this part of it. And hopefully that's good for all of you. Um First question in the chat here is from Braxton, and he asks, which first rounder would you rather get a beer with, Witherspoon or Smith and Jigba? I think that's pretty easy. Uh, Witherspoon, that guy seems like a live wire. He seems like a lot of fun. He's got a pretty good sense of himself. And yeah, I would, uh, I would love to, to get to know that guy um, a little bit better. Excuse me. All right, next, Troy Fagan asks, with a lot of the defensive linemen I would have taken at the top of the second round going in the late first round, are you fine with waiting until round three to address that position? This is the question of the night, folks. I do not want the Seahawks to artificially push defensive tackle up the board because they didn't get defensive linemen in the first round. I think that would be a mistake. I am talking about guys like, um, I'm looking at my big board, uh, Keon White. Like, I do not want to hear them say Keon White. 
I don't want to see, hear them say, you know, uh, you know, Siaka Ika, even though I like him, I don't want him to take them this early. Uh, if they took Adi Tanmawa Adebowari, that I could, I could, I could find my way to. That guy's got unlimited ceiling and also potential major bust, but he is a guy that could be worth that. Um, but as much as I want them to add to the defensive line, I don't want them to reach it, especially at 37. So I would, you know, as crazy as it sounds, if they decide that they want to go with one of the tight ends, which sounds probably crazy to everybody, that would be three picks in a row where they take best player available at a position that they have reasonable strength, then that would be crazy and also pretty good process. And I'd be okay with it. Like my favorite player in this draft is Darnell Washington. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'd be very excited if they called his name at some point today. I have a feeling that's not going to happen. My point is don't reach. Um, So I still have a feeling that they may go center here, but we will see. Um, We will see. Um, Okay. Uh, Eric asks, um, knowing that we still haven't addressed either side of the line, would you want to draft uh, TD Mayer if you were available? I think he means tight end uh, Michael Mayer. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I would be fine if they were, if they graded him as best on their board He's a really high floor guy, really predictable, especially if they're also able to trade Noah Fant, save seven million against the cap, and you know get a rookie that could be around for a while. I think that would be great. So I would be I would be totally fine with that. It's not my first choice, but I would be. I think the guy that I'd be most excited if they called his name most likely would be um, John Michael Schmitz. That would be the guy that I would feel like really, really meets a need and can really elevate the team and have the biggest impact. And I'm pretty sure won't be available at their next pick. So that's one guy that that sticks out for me. Um, I know we should be starting the draft here pretty soon. So uh, we'll keep an eye out on that. Um, all right. Mark Zuck asks, if we draft guard, center, and linebacker with the next three picks, how do you feel about it? Um... Now you're pushing my 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 boundaries a little bit. If you don't have any defensive linemen in your top five picks in the top 83, that's trouble. I now this is assuming that you only get those three picks. I absolutely believe the Seahawks are going to be trying to trade up either move 83 up earlier into the third round, but obviously but realistically, I think they're gonna want to be adding more picks like i think they want to get at least one more pick in the second or third round today and if that means trading back from 37 to do it so be it if that means trading some of their they're both their fifth round picks or some of their sixth round or fourth round anything and then packaging phantom with any of that any of that i think makes sense for seattle the fant move independently for what it's worth i don't think he's worth that much um, especially, you know, since they're going to save so much on the salary side. I just think you want to see if anyone will take him. And I think it's worth doing. And that's a little bit contingent on them being able to find 
another tight end in this draft that they really like, of which there's a number. Like there's a there's probably at least five tight ends. Well, now there's four um, that I think are are high end potential starters. And that's not even getting into some like extreme athletes like uh, Zach Kuntz. So I think, and yes, I said his name. So I think we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, all right. Derek Woods asks, now that wide receiver and cornerback have been taken, how would you rank the likelihood of them taking a player uh, in the following position groups on day two in no particular order, tight end running back, defensive line, edge linebacker, safety, interior O-line offensive tackle quarterback likelihood. So we want to rank it on likelihood. I think likelihood is on day two. I think likelihood linebacker is very likely. I believe um, they've drafted linebackers earlier than most. I think that that's very likely. I think a Trenton Simpson is, is really a possibility there. Um, I think that Drew Sanders is definitely a possibility today um, as a name that could be called. Um, we'll kind of see about that. Um, BJ Ojolari, if you're talking about outside linebackers is a guy that could be picked. Um, so I think linebacker is pretty likely. I think interior O-line is, I'm going to say, I'm going to say likeliest. It's right up there. I, I really think that they like some of these interior O-lines. I think Cody Malk, um, I think John Michael Schmitz, I think Joe Tipman um, are all guys that they could like. Luke Whippler, although some of those guys might be available a little later. Um, Steve Avila, that's a guy that can play guard or center. Um, so I think there's a lot of guys there that could go today. And then from there, so I think like linebacker, interior O-line, edge, I think there's a decent chance. Then tight end. Then defensive line, defensive tackle. I don't know. I, th I think it's, it's well... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm debating myself now. I mean, it really depends on where they end up going with some of these guys. Um, I think there's a few guys that there's more likely chance that they could take on the defensive line here. I think Adi is one. I think Thule is another. I'm like Carl Brooks could be a third rounder or a late second rounder, but you know, I'm just not as high on like Keon white and some of these other guys um, that I just think they, they might go later. Um, so, sorry, I was just checking out some news and trying to keep up with it. All right, let's keep moving here. Uh, Mark Zuck again. If you if Brian Branch is available at fifty two, do you take him and trade Quandry? Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I'm a huge fan of Brian Branch. I think he's one of the most projectable players in this draft, and really happy that that uh, I would be really happy to have him on the team, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, EM asks, why didn't we see Witherspoon? Why didn't we see the Witherspoon pick coming? Assuming Carter and Levis were off the board. Does it make more sense now in hindsight? Um, I guess I don't, I, I don't think about it as it didn't see it coming. We actually talked about it quite a bit on some of our pre-draft shows and 
there were mocks that had him going. I think Matt Miller talked about it weeks ago. Um, had the Seahawks interested in Devin Witherspoon. Jeff and I talked about it quite a bit. And so, I mean, it was surprising because more because it was, I think it was more dramatic than it was surprising is that for me, like I had built up that I really wanted the Jalen Carter thing to work out. And I fell off that when it didn't. And, but I, it wasn't like, Oh my God, I can't believe they picked Evan Weatherspoon. I knew exactly why they would do that. It made perfect sense to me. So yeah, I, I, I think if you're looking at it as, taking the best player off your board that has high positional value, then it makes a lot of sense. So I, I think that that's, uh, that's how I'd say it. Um, all right. Eric asks, depending on the outcome of this draft, what options will the Seahawks need to consider to free up cap space to address the remaining holes? So the Noah fan things won. Uh, that I think they're waiting to see what happens and we'll see. I would say that, Extending Uchenna Nuosu is another. I think that there are probably a couple other extension options that they could look at. I think they could look at restructuring Jamal Adams. Um, th there's quite a few ways for them to create space. I'm not particularly concerned about that. And, you know, the bigger question is who are they going to use the space on in my mind? Because I think, I think that. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, let's get Puna back. Let's get Al Woods back. Let's get Shelby Harris back. It's not that I think those guys are terrible. I'm just, especially Puna, I'm just not, I'm not ready to run it back with, with him. Like, I think Shelby Harris is actually a, an impactful defensive lineman, and I'd be happy to have him back. Al Woods I loved, but I have some questions about his health and whether or not at his age he's going to be able to, to keep it going. So... Yeah, it's more to me, where is that money going to be spent? We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, EM asks, would you prefer Mayor or Washington? Um, I would. I've, <laughs> I've got Michael Mayer higher on my big board um, as a player, but Washington is the guy I'd be happier for them to call. Um, I think Mayer is probably the better overall player, but I just... I love Washington as a very unique athlete and just a badass. And I want more badass on the team. So that's very much more a fan take than an analysis uh, take. Uh, Sam Brown asks, do you think Jackson Smith and Jigba has the potential to be the best Seahawk of all time with an X in his first name? I would need to know other options. I, I, I can't even think of who else would be an X in the first name. So uh, I'll go with yes. I'll go with yes. I think he has a chance to be that. Uh, and then Matt G is the final question here. And uh, I'm curious. We've not seen the the uh, the draft start yet, or at least I'm not seeing it. So let me know if I'm missing something here, folks. Um, but sorry, last question from Matt G. Keep hearing we need an edge, but we used a second on one last year. Tell me about Mafe's first year and can we expect to jump? What's the ceiling? So this is this is pretty interesting. So 
Edge, first of all, let's talk about Edge. Edge is an overused term and it's a simplification and it's done because some teams run 4-3, some teams run 3-4. And Edge in a 4-3 is a defensive end. And they usually are three-point stance, hand in the ground a lot of times. And they're going up, they're bigger guys. They're going up against offensive tackles, you know, right over the tackle. Um, and then the other guys on three fours are outside linebackers and they are lighter. You're going to be like 250, 260 kind of range. And they're going to be dropping into coverage much more often and doing, but they're both edges. And so very different players, very different roles to play for the Seahawks as they've been assembled now. Daryl Taylor and Uchenna Nuoso are their edges. And both of them had nine and a half sacks last year. A lot of teams would love to have their two edge players with double digit sacks. That's pretty good. Uchenna Nuoso is a much more complete player at edge and could play all the downs. He was good in run defense. He was decent in coverage. Daryl Taylor was a one trick pony. He was a good pass rusher. He was a pretty awful run defender and pretty awful in pass coverage. So you can hope that he's going to improve on those fronts, but you can't be sure on the other two guys uh, or other few guys, Boye Mafe, he kind of showed up for me as someone who was more capable of setting the edge against the run and sticking his nose in there and playing physically than Daryl Taylor. He had not shown much in terms of pass rush, but he did but he did um, show some flashes of pass rush and speed. And athletically, he is an interesting player. So the Seahawks are supposedly high on him. I'm not super high on him. I don't have high hopes. I would be super happy if he turns out that he, he like busts out. This is the year that we'll find out if he's going to be a rotational guy or whether he's someone that's going to force his way into to getting a lot of snaps. I think there's good signs in the fact that he started out not getting more snaps and he earned more and more over time. So I think Mafe is an interesting player. He's not a guy that for me, I would hold a spot for and say, okay, we're not drafting anyone else because we've got Boya Mafe. The other guy to keep in mind is Tyreek Wilson, who they drafted in, I think the fifth round last year. And he was on IR the whole year, but he was, pretty highly thought of um, from a, you know, an outside uh, an edge perspective. I know the Seahawks were interested in him. So we will see if, if that turns out to be um, sorry, it was just refreshing. It looks like we are starting to be on the clock here. I'm going to switch to draft cast. Someone said draft cast was better. We'll try this out for a second. See how it goes. I don't like how it has all these, uh, ads um i wonder if i can do this there we go how's that um so uh yeah so i think we've got those guys and and we'll see what tyreek smith i see someone mentioning um cory uh cory's mentioning alton as well um and and he's He's someone who who knows what's going to go on with Alton Robinson. He's someone who's shown potential, but then not shown up. He was kind of seemed like in the coach's doghouse and then not. Um, so in any event, they've got guys. I would say they've only got one guy that has absolutely locked himself in as a real starter there. Everyone else has meaningful question marks. 
And it's such an important position that if you can add really good skill set, we've got the first pick in. Let's see what the, the Steelers do. Love it, folks. If there's no spoilers, I think everyone in the chat would appreciate no spoilers. So um, if you cannot not basically respond until you see on the screen in front of you, until you see it on the screen that's being shared, what the pick is, please don't react to it. Please don't share it. And uh, I'd appreciate that. In any event, uh, so I, I I think that it could look at edge. I think that that I would consider any any draft where you can find a good edge player, you draft him. I don't care if you've got guys there or not. So um, that's part of why I was interested in Nolan Smith. Um, that's why we were interested in Willie Anderson. Those guys would have been additional players at the same spot. So, uh, all right. So now. We are into the draft. We're into day two. Appreciate folks joining. Uh, this has been fun to do. I will warn folks that in about a half an hour, <laughs> I'm going to have to essentially pause this. I'll try to do maybe something in the car, but I've got to go pick up my son from his class. And so that'll take me a little time. So there'll be some period where uh, I'll probably keep the stream going, but I will not be on video. I will probably go ahead and put my headphones in and try to dial in on the road. We'll see how that works, but I will come back. Um, really cool. I'm happy this actually worked out. Joey Porter going to the Joey Porter Jr. going to the Steelers. This is a guy that grew up around the Steelers. Um, and they passed on him. I think it would have been tough if they passed on him twice. I'm happy for them that, that, that for him, that he got the selection also happy because he was not going to be a player. The Seahawks were going to pick. So every time this, the a team picks a player, the Seahawks don't want, that's a good thing. I think we got to watch out here. There are some folks talking about Arizona as a possible destination for John Michael Schmitz. I think that that would be a gut punch. Not, horrible but not great and uh so we'll see who the the cardinals get uh cardinals were definitely one of the winners yesterday and they you know they went from three to 12 back to six and essentially drafted the guy that i'm pretty sure they would have taken at three at the sixth pick and got <laughs> extra picks here and next year a first so uh i think you know it's it's this is a team that has the worst roster in the nfl i think they made some good solid moves yesterday i happen to think that kyler murray is not a good player and that sounds pretty crazy but i will say it this way he is absolutely a guy that can pile up stats. He's absolutely a guy that can put up, you know, put up the numbers, win you some games. He's not a leader. He's not a guy that shows up when there's adversity. In fact, I think he shrinks. And when you're that short, it's not good to shrink. When there's adversity, I think that he is not, he's not a guy I'd want leading my franchise. And you're locked into that guy for a while. So I feel like almost no matter what the Cardinals do, they're a little bit stuck not to mention their franchise is a mess. So nothing the Cardinals do worries me. 
I do think that the moves they've made have the potential to really help them build talent on their roster quickly. It sounds like DeAndre Hopkins is going to be staying in Arizona. Like they've been trying to trade him, and now it sounds like maybe they won't. But that's also often a precursor to it happening. So we'll see about that. We also know that Buda Baker wants to be traded. We'll see if that happens. And I think if those two things happen, then cupboard's even more bare. So if they take a receiver here, that would be interesting. Um, you know, I don't think they will, given all the receivers that have come off the board. But that could be an indication of what's going on with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I will say for folks that are just joining, please do not tip the picks in chat. We are trying to just watch what's on the screen. Please don't react until you see the pick show up on the screen. Um, that's kind of the point. So we can have a shared experience here and uh, appreciate folks that are doing it. And if other folks can help me in chat, just remind others, I would appreciate that. So we have seen Joey Porter Jr. go off. Uh, that's good. I think that I see the comment here from uh, from Zhao here. Uh, I'll put that up on the board. Whoops. Um, yeah, I think uh, adding LJ Collier makes any team, any team great. So uh, this is a team that knows what they're doing. I hope, I hope LJ Collier finds some impact somewhere. I, I don't think athletically he will ever be really great but you know i hope he he finds some something somewhere um all right so pick is in what happened oh looks like the titans traded into the pick so the titans are on the clock yes the titans are on the clock so the cardinals have made another move um let's find out what the deal is um I'm going to take a look around and see if I can find details of this trade. The Cardinals trade pick 33 and 81 and the, tri the Titans trade 41, 72 and a 2024 third. So basically the, the Cardinals traded from 33 to 41. They move back eight spots. They also move up nine spots from 81 to 72 and they get a 2024 third. So like that, like that move for them. Um, I think there's a lot of players to like here. That's also just interesting to look at for the Seahawks because this is what the Seahawks are likely going to be trying to do at 37. They're going to be trying to move back. So if this meant that they, if the Seahawks trade 37 and 83, they could move up in the third round, you know, into the seventies maybe, or the sixties, um, but they'd have to move back. Like if they don't get a pick next year, they can move up even farther. So I think there's some interesting options there. We will see who the Titans go with here. Um, curious about that. I do think it's a good trade for the Seahawks or for the, the Cardinals. And it would seem logical that the Titans, if they're moving up here, that they're going for Will Levis, but we'll see. Um, there are folks that want the Seahawks to take Will Levis at 37. I, I mean, you're you're tuning into the wrong stream to hear that talk. There's folks on my uh, on my podcast crew that are, are are definitely want that. I don't. I don't think it's even. It's like not even in my head as a possibility. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't be mad if he goes off the board before 37, so we don't even have to think about it. Um, 
And so, yeah, I would assume Will Levis is the guy here. We will see shortly. And yep, there he is. He goes to the Titans. Titans are going to be moving on from Ryan Tannehill, the worst kept secret in the NFL, I guess. And now we are on to the Lions. Um, So Lions are another team that could be looking at, like I wouldn't be surprised to see Adi Adi go here. This is a, I think a logical place for him to potentially go. Um, we will see. Uh, I think a lot of folks like Keanu Benton. I think this guy's also, he's a little, uh, what's the word? Um, starts with an M uh, mercurial uh, is the word I was looking for. he, he has some tape where he looks like a world beater and he has some tape where it's like, eh, I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not nearly as high on Keanu Benton as some guys are. I'm not, I wouldn't be like super upset if the Seahawks, you know, were to get him, but he's not, um, he is not my top pick, um, so to speak. So um, hold on. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. See if I can get to mutant time. All right. Uh, I, uh, I no longer am going to sneeze. Somehow it went away. The pick is in the lions knew who they wanted. Uh, Benton is a bigger boy. He's, you know, 310 pounds and we'll see how that, you know, how I think he's younger. So I think that's also interesting. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not sure I see like the high, high upside with him. Um, but you know, uh, I wouldn't be upset, but I, I like a guy like Adi a little bit better, different position uh, on the line, but he's, I think a better athlete and has a higher upside. So I, I just am more interested in that. Um, as far as the nose tackle stuff, there's guys later in this draft that you can get um, at nose tackle. It's just a, it's just a position that Schneider has typically never drafted. He really never has drafted a true nose tackle for what it's worth ever um, at any point pick but when he has drafted guys that were kind of more run stuffers you're talking about six seventh round kind of things or undrafted free agents um so i don't know that it's likely that he's going to go nose tackle in the first three rounds and if he does i think a guy like siaki Ika could be more interesting although his arm length is shorter so i don't know if that really fits what schneider wants let's see what the lions do again appreciate people not tipping picks in the chat Sam Laporta. That's a great pick. First tight end to go. That's pretty. Oh, sorry. No, Dalton Kincaid went yesterday late, but that is pretty fascinating. He's been a fast riser. A lot of people really like him. This guy's a good blocker, a good receiver, just a super solid player. And, you know, uh, good for him. Good for the good for the Lions. Uh, maybe their first logical pick that they've made their first. I think their first day was among the worst of any um <laughs> of any team in the league i really thought it was bad uh and so now they get a guy that for me he's not he's he was let's see where i had him on my board 
I had Laporta as fifth on my tight end board. I had Michael Mayer first, Darnell Washington second, Luke Musgrave third, Dalton Kincaid fourth, and then Laporta. And this was really with the Seahawks in mind. So I wouldn't say those are the best players in that order, but like, I, I just don't think Dalton Kincaid would have worked as well with the Seahawks and, and how they play. Um, I think Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington are great fits. And I think Luke Musgrave is really slept on. I think he has potential to be a really, really good pro and be a guy that is better in the, the pros than he was in college. Laporta to me is more just like a very likely rotational, like solid starting tight end, not necessarily like the major difference maker. Um, so I see that Vegas is on the clock. Was there a trade or were they already on the clock? Sorry if I've, if I've missed something there. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. There was a trade. So the Raiders have traded up. Um, we'll find out what they traded to get to that pick. Um, interesting who they were trying to hop um, in order to get into this. Maybe like, let's hope that they're going after someone that <laughs> the Seahawks don't want. The Rams are coming up after them. Interesting that so far there are people willing and interested to move up in the second round. So that's pretty fascinating. Um, you know, we will find out uh, like some people in chat are wondering if it could be Hendon Hooker. That's a good guess. They did just obviously, uh, you know, add a quarterback um, to the room there in Vegas with, with a, uh, the porn star from San Francisco, um, Jimmy Garoppolo. And so, you know, uh, no one thinks that that's your long-term answer, but maybe not their biggest need. So we'll see what they end up doing here. Um, and then it looks like what they traded is the 38th pick and the 40, 145th, 141st pick to get up to 35. So they traded up three spots. And gave up 141, which I believe would be a fifth round pick. Um, I'm not doing my math really well. And we'll see who they end up going with. Um, and <laughs> I think people are starting to get sly about um, who picks might be. But let's, uh, let's try to stick with not putting spoilers out there. Um, and I think the pick should be announced here pretty soon. I'm also looking at the clock and I'm going to have to jet here to pick up my son in probably about 10 minutes, which will probably line up exactly with when the Seahawks are going to be in the middle of doing something. So apologize for that. I will try to dial in via my phone and stay on um, as it happens. Um, but it's going to be messy folks. So, you know, appreciate your patience, but uh, had to, uh, had to, had to, pick up my son in the middle it's just part of life so this is taking forever to show up um i'm looking at other tabs to see if it's shown up elsewhere has not um so we'll see if this is also a run on tight ends right so you see laporta go we saw the receivers go one after the other after the other and maybe we'll see the same thing start to happen with the tight ends. Um, don't know. Um, but I think these tight ends, it was a shock to me that almost none of them went in the first round. Kincaid lasted till the end. I think that they are very good. 
I know that people have had trouble projecting tight ends and that's one of the reasons people, people pause on drafting tight ends early, but you know, you get a good tight end. It can be an absolute glue to your offense. I mean, even a pretty good tight end. Think about how Zach Miller affected. There we go. Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer. So he was the top tight end on my board. And for, I think a lot of people had him in that range. And so we now have two tight ends back to back. Um, I think that's, if you think about Jimmy Garoppolo, his favorite target was George Kittle. And I think this makes sense that, that he would be giving him some targets um, for what they're going to do down there. You also have an offensive coach who's probably thinking offensive minded about it. So we are now one pick away from the Seahawks folks, one pick away. So this will be curious. What do the Rams do? Because the Rams pretty much have needs at everything. <laughs> like they could go any direction. I think cornerback could be interesting. I think Brian Branch would be a great pick for them. Um, I think that's a would be a really wise move. Um, I'm going to take a quick look at some other positions just to see what's available. Say in chat who you think the Brams should pick. I'm curious. Um, looking around here at available guys, they could go offensive tackle. Wouldn't be the worst idea. I think cornerback for sure makes some sense. They could go offensive line. I mean, really, they could go anywhere. Um, I don't think receipt. Well, they could go receiver. I mean, they just traded Allen Robinson. I just don't know. Like Josh Downs is repetitive with, you know, he's a slot guy. They don't need another slot guy. Um, who are folks saying here? Uh, Branch, Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is an interesting idea. Uh, you know, they, they certainly have limited time left with Matthew Stafford. So if they like Hendon Hooker, he could be an, an, a logical pick. Um, they lost Bobby Wagner, maybe a Drew Sanders. I mean, I really like Drew Sanders. That guy's a super big playmaker. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, they basically could go almost any direction when, when you have a crappy, crappy, uh, um, roster. One of the bonuses is you can kind of go anywhere. Um, uh, so we will see who, um, I am reading a, a note. Um, I'm not going to say who the pick was, but there was lots of clapping and high-fiving in the Seahawks war room as John Schneider talks to someone on the phone. So it looks like they're about to pick as opposed to making a trade. So that means that there is a guy the Seahawks really wanted that the Rams did not pick, and that means that someone's available for the Seahawks. So let's see who – we're going to find out who that is. I'm going to wait. I cannot leave <laughs> until I know who that is. And then we will find out. The pick is in for the Rams. And we are going to find out really soon who it's going to be. And I'm excited because if it means the Seahawks, like there was a guy they wanted, the fact that they're not trying to trade back, that's a big deal. And I see people in chat like John Michael Schmitz is the guy. I, that's who's on my mind. That's who's on my mind. And that's who I'd love to see. 
Um, <laughs> so we will find out what happens. Um, <laughs> someone just sent me trying to tip a pick saying that the Seahawks just got Rashad Penny Jr. Derek, I don't think that's funny. So uh, no, thank you. Oh, no. Sorry. That was Josh Cashman making that joke. Not 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 Derek. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's see who the Rams go with. And we should have that soon. And I appreciate the concern about my driving. I will definitely drive carefully. Um, my hope is that the Seahawks pick will be in. I can be honest. If I see the Seahawks pick before it shows up, I'm going to break my own rule and tell all of you who it is and react to it so that I can get on the road faster and that we can talk about it while I'm on the road. Um, so let's see. Um, let's see who they still have not announced who the Rams pick is. Um, so we're waiting on that. And I'm telling you, the guy I want is John Michael Schmitz. Now, there's a few guys I'd be excited about, too. It's not that only guy. But I feel like if you get John Michael Schmitz, then you've got your center for the next decade. And I think your offensive line is great. <laughs> I think it's in really good shape. I think they could potentially go guard later. There's a lot of interesting guards later in this draft. And then you could have five guys that could be great. There we go. Steve Avila is the pick for the Rams. Good player. I don't think he was the guy to see. I mean, clearly I never thought he was the guy the Seahawks wanted much more of a pass protector, not the nasty kind of offensive lineman. I think they like to get, he can play guard or center. So there was you know potential that he could have been a guy um, going to, Okay, I now know who the Seahawks picked at 37. And folks, it is not the guy we've talked about. Um, his name is Derek Hall. He is an edge player. Um, and that is a the first legitimate surprise of the draft for the Seahawks. So let's talk about who Derek Hall is. Um, this is not a guy I spent a bunch of time on. So, um, let me pull up. He is out of Auburn. He is six foot three. He's 254 pounds. He is 22 years old. Really great get off. Um, you know, is a guy that, that, uh, also, you know, is, is built like, <laughs> let's say here, he built like a Greek God, um, you know, so he basically has not been a wonderful pass rusher in terms of having a bunch of different pass rush moves. This is a player that PFF had as a third round grade. Um, so for what it's worth, this is a guy that was not expected to go this high. Um, he is, you know, he has not been a great run defender yet. I think this is a guy looking at his weight. This is an outside linebacker. So this is a guy that's going to be going in there with um, Daryl Taylor. This is going to be a guy that's going to be going with the Nuosu. Maybe this is a sign that they're not going to re-sign Nuosu. I don't know. It is 
pretty surprising um, here that they went edge and that they went with Derek Hall. They were excited about it. Let's see how that plays out. I don't know what this means for other parts of the draft. I will say that center is a position that the Seahawks have never valued the way I valued it, the way a lot of us have valued it. We might be totally wrong on center. They might not take a center till the third round, the fourth round. They might not take a center at all. So we will see what comes of it. For now, I'm going to pause my video. I will dial in over the phone and we can talk um, as we go. Realistically, I will probably just be on pause here for 20 minutes or so, and then I'll be back. So uh, feel free to stay on. Um, otherwise, grab some dinner, <laughs> grab a snack, whatever it is, and I will be back shortly. All right. Is anybody still here? I'm back. Amazing. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry that I had to wait that long. Um, so I will let folks online know that we are back, at least for now. Um, let me get the, the link and reshare. Um, cool. Cool. All right. So let's talk about Derek Hall for a little bit. I know we're watching stuff, um, go on right now. Um, there's been a number of things that happened since I left. I don't love the pick. I don't love the pick. It doesn't mean that he's not going to be good. I don't know a ton about him. We talked about it before the draft started today. The Seahawks have a pile of guys, a pile of guys at the edge. And it's not clear to me exactly where Derek Hall fits into that, um, into that mix. So, you know, it doesn't mean that, that it's not going to work out. He seems like, you know, I listened to his interview while I was driving. Seems like a good kid. Seems like hard charger. Um, probably going to be a leader. Probably going to work really hard. All that kind of stuff. Has some good measurables. His 10-yard his split's really good. 40's decent. Um, high jump's decent. Uh, I maybe actually it was a broad jump that was decent. I can't remember which one of them was decent. One of them was not great, but in any event, it seems like an okay play for me. Felt like a guy that if they picked him in the third round, I probably wouldn't have thought much about it. This is the, you know, sixth pick in the second round or whatever. It felt a little high for that. And so if they were going to push a guy up the board at a position, I would have hoped it would have been more for a position that where there's more need. Um, pushing up a guy up the board for a position where you have no real clear need. Um, I'm just curious. I mean, what does this mean for Boye Mafe, uh, Daryl Taylor, Chenanuosu, um, Tyreek Smith, um, Alton Robinson? Like there's a pile there. So I'm just kind of, I'm kind of curious how that's going to all play out for, you know, who's, who's getting snaps, who's not getting snaps. How does this, how does it play? So, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think, I think that it's, it's, 
nothing that's terrible about it. It's not like, oh man, that was an awful pick. It's just not one that gets me particularly excited. And uh, the, I think the best thing I see about it is this dude's built like a truck. And we've talked about how important it is for the Seahawks to get tougher. And I think this guy can be part of the answer there. So I think that's cool. Um, we are getting close to the Seahawks next pick. Um, Washington's on the clock and they're pick 47. The Seahawks are pick 52. So one of the things I'm waiting for is for the Seahawks to make a move, make a trade. It has not happened yet. Maybe it's not for lack of trying, but uh, interested to see if we see the Seahawks pop up into one of these picks. We will see. Um, I will offer that I was more interested in BJ Ojolari than I was in Derek Hall. And part of what I liked about Ojolari is that I think he has the ability to slide inside. And um, I'm not sure how much that I, I just haven't watched enough of Derek Hall. So I can't say for sure. I also like the Ojolari, you know, 21 um, has a family line that also has NFL has, you know, has an, an NFL brother. So, I think that that's, you know, he was just someone that I was interested in, um, but did not, did not spend enough time on Derek Hall. So I can't really, I can't really speak to that with, with a lot of detail. Um, so as we're looking now, you know, we saw that Joe Titman went off the board uh, while I was gone. That's a center that was interesting. He's the first real center to go off unless Steve Avila is a guy that they're looking at. Um, and let me just double check something really quick. Yeah. So Keon white went off, you know, I was not as high on Keon white safety, Jartavius Martin. Okay. Interesting. Safety going is good. Did see Julius Brents go. We saw Luke Musgrave go, um, Musgrave again. I, I was the guy I, I think is really good. We've not seen Darnell Washington go yet unless I missed it. So he's still around. Branch is a guy I think is great. So uh, I think the Lions have had a much better day two with Laporta and Branch than they did with day one. Drew Sanders still has not gone. Trenton Simpson still has not gone. So as far as like an off-ball linebacker, um, I think that there's potential there for one of those guys to be a pick here. Um, I think that it gets really thin at linebacker later on. So maybe they would look at one of those guys here. Um, and let me look at some other guys. So, I mean, John Michael Schmitz to this point is still on there. We will see if that remains. Um, Hendon Hooker is still there for people interested. Osiris Torrance is a guy. A lot of people had as a first round pick and he is sliding. So, I still don't think he's a great fit for, for the Seahawks. Um, I don't think they go with the big lineman as much, but uh, certainly worth a conversation. Um, you know, the pick is in for Tampa Bay. Maybe they'll be the team to go with Hendon Hooker. Who knows? Um, and, and we'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, 
Let me look at my board for a second of the guys that are available. So Washington's up there for me. Torrance is up there for me. I mean, obviously, John Michael Schmitz is is still the top guy I'd want um, of the guys left. Uh, let's see who else. Tooley is another guy that could be interesting. I don't think they'd go Siaka Ika here. I, we talked about trying uh, Cody Mauk is another guy um, can play guard or center or tackle. Uh, interesting guy. And there he goes. <laughs> I like him a lot. I would have liked him in the Seahawks, but not to be um, so that there goes that. Uh, yeah. Adi is another guy. So yeah, we'll kind of see. Um We'll see what goes on there. Um, and I think, you know, people have talked about Keanu Benton. He's a guy that I think could go as early as now. We will see it. But um, uh, we're getting close. The Seahawks are now three picks away. Of the guys that have gone since the Seahawks picked, the only guy that was like, ah, that's, I mean, the only guy that I really had a reaction to would be Cody Malk. I, I would have really liked to see him. That guy would be fun to have on the Seahawks for sure. Um, and I think he would be a really cool addition. Not going to happen. Joe Tipman, you know, probably the best athlete out of the centers. And so don't know. Uh, he was never the guy that I liked the most. So not sure. I, I'm not super upset about that. Um and let's see pick is in for pittsburgh and uh let's see curious what have the steelers done so far let's pull up uh another window yeah tell me in chat who are you guys hoping for i'd be interested um give me a, a quick poll of who do you want to see the seahawks pick so the steelers they've got Broderick Jones tackle and they've got Joey Porter Jr. I wonder if they're going to go defensive line here. All right. Who do people want there? I'm seeing a lot of John Michael Schmitz. I'm seeing a lot of Adi Keanu Benton, maybe Drew Sanders. Uh, looks like Joe's talking about Siake Ika. <laughs> Evan is texting me asking who is Derek Hall. So I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, 
and I, and I don't think uh, everybody felt that way, but some people did. I know Nathan's a fan. Uh, Nathan's been talking about him a little bit. So that is one person. Um, I will ask again, please don't tip picks until they show up on the board. So if you're just arriving, please do not tip picks in the chat. Um, people are just watching until it shows up on the screen in front of you, then people would uh, prefer to get the experience all together. So, um, appreciate that. Um, with that said, the pick has already been tipped. So Keanu Benton is going to the Pittsburgh Steelers that should show up here any second. That is a guy that I know a lot of folks were interested in. So he is now gone. And we are two picks away. The Packers are on the clock officially. Packers are on the clock officially at pick 50. Is this the time that the Seahawks trade back from 52 and pick up another third? Do they package a fifth to get another third? Don't know. Um, I honestly don't have a good prediction for what the Seahawks are going to do here. If you want to go by Schneider's draft history, let's just go by draft history. Uh, they have not drafted guards or centers for the most part until the third round, at least Ethan Posick was the earliest center. They drafted uh second, second round. Um, as far as, I mean, to be totally honest, they haven't drafted a quarterback before the third round. Russell Wilson was the earliest they've ever spent a quarterback pick. So if you think of Hennon Hooker, this would be the earliest they've ever drafted a quarterback. That feels a little off. There goes Keanu Benton on the screen. So please do not tip as, as more picks come. They've never drafted the tight end before the third round. So the Darnell Washington folks like me, it's probably pretty unlikely they'll go that direction, but, um, that's not typical. They have drafted multiple running backs in the second round, including one last year. So maybe Zach Charbonnet, maybe someone like that shows up as an option. We will see. They have drafted a shit ton of wide receivers in the second round. Dwayne Eskridge, DK Metcalf, Paul Richardson, Golden Tate. Taking a couple more in the third round. I don't think a receiver is at all in the cards after what they did yesterday. They had not taken a cornerback before the third, but now they've done it at the fifth overall. So that's gone. Safety is a position that they've, they've spent a first. They spent a second, one on Earl, one on Marquise Blair. I don't think safety is a position they'd go to. Linebacker is a position. They spent a first on Jordan Brooks. They spent a second on Bobby Wagner. They spent a third on Cody Barton. They have, I think, need there. They could be going linebacker. So Trenton Simpson, I think, is a possibility. Um and yes, I will just repeat again. Please do not spoil picks. Uh, only, only react to the pick once you see it on the screen in front of you. Okay, folks? Everybody would like to just have that together. As far as defensive ends, they have done that a lot, and they just did it again. So they've done you know, two first-round picks, three second-round picks on defensive ends, on edge players. They just did it again. So we're now up to four second round picks. I don't think they do another edge. 
They have spent a couple of second round picks on defensive tackles. So I think that's possible. It could be that you look at like an, an Adi here might be possible. Um, I think going by what Schneider has done in the past, best bet is that you're talking about either a defensive tackle or a linebacker. That's probably if, if Schneider's kind of following his history, um, that's who that's who um, would be most likely. Um, let me narrow this down again. There we go. That's better. Um, interesting that ESPN here, at least, is saying that Darnell Washington is the best fit for the Dolphins. I, I mean, I really don't think the Seahawks are going to take him. I mean, it would be a little bummer to see him go, but I really don't think that they would take him. Um, so we will see. And folks, again, please do not tip picks or tip moves or anything in the chat. So appreciate that. Um, pick is in. So that means the Seahawks are on the clock. I'm going to close everything else. So I'm not looking at anything other than this. I advise all of you do it. Please do not tip the pick um, in the chat. Would appreciate that. We will see who Miami's taking together because that'll have an effect on who the Seahawks go with next. I mean, the biggest shocker from my perspective is if they took a guy like Hendon Hooker. Okay, there's Cam Smith. Um, really good corner. He's off the clock, was not going to be a Seahawks pick, so that's great. So the Seahawks are up, folks. Let's get predictions. Actually, don't do predictions because I, I don't trust everyone. I think somebody is going to tip the pick, so don't predict. But <laughs> ESPN likes John Michael Schmitz here. And a lot of the in a lot of the mocks, he did not last this long. So it's a little surprising he is there. That certainly would be among my favorite options for them here. There's a little bit of shades of 2021, would it be? Or was it 20? 21, where they were pretty similar spot in the draft, second round. I was sitting here begging them to take Creed Humphrey, and they took D. Eskridge, and it broke my brain. Pick is already in. Holy shit. So the Seahawks already have picked. They're not trading. Do not spoil it. Do not spoil it. Let's see it together. And interesting, like the Seahawks are not making moves. I really thought they would have started moving by now. Um, we will see what's going on here. And if I, again, like most likely defensive tackle or, um, or uh, what was the other one I said? Um <laughs> I've lost track uh, or linebacker. Yeah. Those are the two most likely, but I know a lot of us would love to see John Michael Schmitz. That'd be a fun, fun player for them. And uh, let's see what happens folks. It's, it's gotta be close. <laughs> I'm hearing, I'm seeing that Pete's fired up in the room. That's great. Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, this is going to piss off a lot of people. Um, 
So I told you all, I told you running back is one of the positions that they overdraft and they draft it early on. So um, here's the thing. I hate the choice to take a running back in the second round. I hate it. Hate it, 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 hate it. I really like Zach Charbonnet. I'm not going to lie. I really like Zach Charbonnet. He's been a guilty pleasure. He's a guy that for folks that have been watching a lot of Seahawks football for a long time, he gives me Chris Warren vibes, kind of like a little high cut long strider, but also just a total badass um, tackle breaker in a lot of ways. If I, if I could have drawn up the ideal backfield partner for Kenneth Walker, it would be Zach Charbonnet. I think this guy is a really good match with Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker still in the fact that he is, you know, he's not the biggest dude and he already has been injured. He's, I think you realistically need two bell cow running backs. I had wanted them to get one of these guys. There's, there's running backs they could have gotten in the fourth to seventh round that I would have felt interested. Like we did a draft, a mock draft, Jeff and I this past Tuesday where we got Chris Rodriguez in the seventh round. And I actually loved that. Chris Rodriguez is a total battering Ram straight ahead runner. Not the most creative guy you're going to see, but seventh round. And you got a guy that's super tough, short yardage, like can break some tackles. Cool. Second round on running back after you just spent a second round on running back is really, really bad. Really, really. I don't want to, I don't want to avoid that, but I love Jack, Zach Charbonnet. So I, I, I will just say I'm going to be excited to cheer for this guy. I think you all are going to actually love watching this guy play. I think, I think he is a really, really good running back. Um, and so, uh, this is what it means. Like for folks like the rest of us that are really hoping that they will take a center in a lot of the drafts. And there are multiple other guys that can profile at center. Um, so, so Whipler is a guy that could be available late. It's pretty unlikely Schmitz is going to last until the Seahawks next pick. They're going to have to trade up aggressively to get another pick. If they go after him. I do think there's other guards available later that are interesting prospects. So I don't think that's as big of a deal um, for folks that are asking, why is it bad? Um, let me go into that for a second. So running back as a position, this gets into positional value. So I don't want to like, I'm not, I'm not a zealot about this, but it's just a reality. When you're building a roster, you got to be smart about how you acquire what positions. Running back is one of the lowest paid positions in the NFL. Like it's right above like kicker essentially. And so for you to spend a high draft pick on a position that you can get cheaply through free agency is bad process. Additionally, the difference between running backs that are very good and running backs that are just good is pretty minimal. There's a lot, there's a big fat gooey middle of running backs that are pretty much interchangeable. 
So the likelihood that a running back you pick in the second round is going to be significantly better than a running back you pick in the sixth or seventh round is not great. So the chances you're really going to get an advantage by picking them early is not great. And then more generally to the position, you know, offensive lines make offenses better than running backs do. So if you have a really good offensive line, this is why I'm a fan of people like Howie Roseman. He builds the trenches. He builds the defensive line. He builds the offensive line. He does it over and over and over again. And he never fails in the first two rounds to prioritize those position groups. If you have a strong offensive line, you can run a mediocre running back behind them and do just fine. If you have a strong offensive line, your quarterback is going to have more time. Your quarterback's going to be healthier. Um, you're going to be able to run more plays and more things. So I, there's no question in my mind that I value a great offensive line more than I value a great running back. And center is not a super valuable position. So I talk about it a lot. I get it. But here's the thing. The most valuable positions on the offensive line are the two tackles. The Seahawks have the two tackles. They're good. They're young. They're in their second year now. You have Damian Lewis, who has been reasonably good as a guard, and he's young, and you could get him to your second contract, and that's fine. If you can get two more plus guys at center and at right guard, I mean, Phil Haynes is a guy I've been a fan of. I think he's just okay. You know, when he got playing time, he has not really popped. So if you could get a really good center in the middle of that line. Um, I think you're setting up this line to be really good for many years and to be a really foundational part of a good team. And so that's why for me, I would just, I would prioritize offensive line over running back. I would prioritize almost everything over running back. Um, but like I said, this is, a, I mean, I'm not surprised Pete's fired up. This is a Pete style running back. The guy runs hard. He is, he's just a good player. He's a really, really good player. So there are centers they can get later. We'll see how that goes. They are now four picks in, four picks in with no defensive tackles and really no defensive ends. The only guy that they've picked that plays near that is Derek Hall, who plays edge. He's an outside linebacker. So, they also do not have any linebackers picked. They do not have, I don't think they're in good shape at linebacker. Last year, I thought they were in bad shape at linebacker and they thought they were fine. So this could be a situation again where they're like, yeah, we got Devin Bush. He was a top 10 pick. I think Devin Bush sucks. I'm like hoping that someone beats him out. I, I do not think you should bet on him. They might be thinking, oh, Jordan Brooks is going to be back. He'll be fine. Jordan Brooks had ACL surgery in January. Like he got injured in January. Like, I don't think you're going to have any Jordan Brooks of meaning here. Um, this guy, Jervin Dexter, who just went to the bears. That's one of the big boys. You know, he had a lot of questions about his production and how he played, but he was a pretty supreme athlete as a defensive lineman. And he's a, he's a big dude that could put on some more weight and he could potentially play nose tackle for you. Um, we will see, like, I don't, as much as I like Siaki Ika, he has shorter arms. That's usually been a no-no for the Seahawks. And they don't usually draft run-stuffing players. It's probably unlikely that they're going to pick that dude. 
So here's the thing. The second round has been very Schneider history driven. They got an edge again in the second round. Boy, Mafe last year. Derek Hall this year. And then they got a running back in the second round. Kenneth Walker last year. Zach Charbonnet this year. I think the process is pretty bad. And there goes Thule. So Thule's a guy that I think if he had worked out for the Seahawks, I think that guy is way more helpful than a really good running back. So, I mean, it, it's hard for me to get past the process of this. I am not as frustrated as I was last year because I happen to just really like Zach Charbonnet, but you know, it's not good folks. This is not, this is not how I think the team needed. This is, this is kind of as hard of a time as I gave the lions yesterday for their first round. I think this is kind of that for the Seahawks. I mean, the lions used a first round pick, a 12th pick on a running back, which I think was really, really stupid. And then they got a middle linebacker, which also is pretty low positional value, especially for a guy that has limited range and coverage. Jack Campbell's a guy that I really like, but I think there's limits to him. And so using a first round pick, I don't know, it's pretty crazy. I would rather the Seahawks have had the first round they did yesterday and this second round than have what the Lions did yesterday and then have their second round. So I think they flip-flopped a little bit. Uh, I'm not loving it, folks. I don't see the plan. I don't see the plan of how they're making this defense better. <laughs> I'm not a believer that Derek Hall is a meaningful addition to this defense. Um, I don't like how much better would Derek Hall have to be than Daryl Taylor or Boye Mafe or Chenin Nuosu, if you think that. How much better would he have to be to make a massive impact on this defense? Daryl Taylor had nine and a half sacks last year. Is Derek Hall going to have more than that? And I think Daryl Taylor might have more than nine and a half sacks this year. He had a slow start last year. He might have found his groove. Uh, Boy Amafe was pretty good against the run last year. And he has upside and be his second year. Are we sure Derek Hall is going to be better than Boy Amafe? Boy Amafe wasn't great last year. He wasn't like a big impact addition. So, I don't know. I don't know that I'm seeing how Derek Hall makes this defense significantly better. And I can tell you for sure, Zach Charbonnet does not make this defense significantly better. So, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. Um, I think they're going to need to... I've been saying it since they started. They need to trade up. They need to get another. They need to get another pick in the third round. Um, so they do not pick until let's see. Whew, they go until eighty three, right? So they've got a while to go until um, they're on the board again. They somehow can move up in the third round. That would be great. If they can 
add maybe they move into the back half of the second round they've still got what is it six or seven picks to go um six picks seven picks to go eight picks to go but you know let's let's have some patience i was furious last year when they didn't take abe lucas in the second round that was that was the guy that I was so sure, like you draft your two tackles, your bookends. That was the thing. Why are you passing on the higher position value drafting a running back that, you know, and and uh, what I thought, honestly, and still not convinced otherwise is a kind of mediocre edge player in Mafe. And then they got Abe Lucas in the third round. And if those had been flipped, if they had got Abe Lucas in the second round and they took Kenneth Walker in the third, I would have felt pretty different about that so they might know how the board's gonna fall differently than i do they might have some other ideas they made some really good choices last year i will say though john schneider has yet to draft has yet to draft an impact defensive tackle unless you consider jaron reed to be an impact defensive tackle these are the players that are defensive tackles that John Schneider has picked in his career. Malik McDowell, Jaron Reed, Rasheem Green, Nazir Jones, Jordan Hill, Jay Howard, Quinton Jefferson, Jimmy Staten, Demarcus Christmas, and Pep Livingston. That is a bad, bad list of guys. So... I I have some questions about whether they've got the ability to evaluate defensive tackles properly and that they value them properly. I see someone saying Jaron Reed was impact. I guess he had the one year where he had 10 and a half sacks. I get it. I, I mean, Jaron Reed has been a journeyman defensive lineman. He like, <laughs> There's nobody that like highly values Jaron Reed. So I, I don't really feel like that qualifies to me. Even if let's say I give you that to you, I, I, I struggle a lot with the notion that Jaron Reed is an impact defensive tackle, but let's just say I'll give that to you. That's one guy in 13 years. Um, so I think this is a blind spot. I think it's a blind spot. And gives me concern. I I don't like what the Seahawks have on the defensive line. They mentioned yesterday they know that it's an is- issue. Um, I do not like what they have at linebacker right now. I think they essentially. I mean, Bobby Wagner. As much as I love Bobby Wagner, he's a, he's a older dude. He's limited. They're talking about changing up his play time. I think the linebacker thing I can get around a little bit because they're likely expecting Jamal Adams to play a role. They might even have Julian Love play in the box. Sometimes he's played kind of the strong safety thing. Maybe there's some interchangeability there um, that could help. I do like John, John Radigan. I, I, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to be the, the next great player, but I think he's, I liked him better than I like Cody Barton. Um, so kind of get my head around that. I still think it's a pretty weak room and could be a disastrous room depending. Uh, and then, you know, look, 
Interior offensive line, I don't think Evan Brown is a disaster. I think he's probably similar to Austin Blythe, maybe a little bit tougher, maybe. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm doing that a lot right now. I think that defensive tackle is a position that is the biggest glaring issue for them. They have to address it. If we're looking out later in the draft about guys that they could be thinking about, or that might make sense for them to talk about. Siaki Ika is one Cameron young is a guy that I think is a pretty likely candidate for the Seahawks. They could get him later. Keandre Coburn out of Texas is another guy kind of runs hot and cold, but a big dude. I think Gerard Clark out of coastal Carolina is a later round small school. He, he screams Schneider to me. Um, so I think that's, that's a possibility. I want to give a little shout out to ESPN. Their, their best fit uh, for a lot of these teams is turning out to be the picks. So whatever, whatever algorithm they're using for saying who's the best fit is uh, it's not perfect, but it's not terrible. I don't like this. <laughs> don't make that the best fit. Um, anyway, so I think we got to give up on the the John Michael Schmitz dream. The likelihood he's going to be there by 83 is pretty unlikely. And I don't know that the Seahawks have shown any reason why they're going to trade, why they're going to pick a center with one of their first 83, you know, first picks in the top 100. So I think we're talking likely about linebacker, likely about nose tackle, maybe three, four defensive end. So, I mean, Carl Brooks starts to be a guy that might work out, um, might be available that late. Uh, Mora Ojomo, I don't love him, but he'll be available most likely. On the center side, let's say John Michael Schmitz goes which is probably going to happen any moment. Um, and folks, we're trying not to tip the picks in here. So if that's what just happened, you know, be nice if you didn't do it. Um, but there are some other centers. I mean, um, yeah, yeah, there goes John Michael Schmitz. So the dream's over. Um, Luke Whipler is an option. There's a guy out of Michigan, uh, Olu Sagan, Olu Watimi, Timi, um, who's interesting. So we'll kind of see. Uh, yeah. So that's, we might be having the next Creed Humphrey conversation, folks. Um, Instead of picking a wide receiver over a really good center, they pick a, a running back over a really good center. And uh, that is, that's tough to, to swallow. So um, we're going to do this. I am going to, I am going to call it now um, because I got to go make dinner for the kiddo. It's going to be a while till the Seahawks pick. I will say, um, here's what I'm going to do. I will keep this up and running 
And if something happens, if they trade up, I will run in here. Once the Seahawks get to their pick in the third third round, I will probably come in here and talk about it. But I'm not going to be here for, you know, could be 45 minutes or an hour. So folks, feel free to stay in here and chat, watch together, talk together. That's totally fine. But I think I am going to go get dinner made and we'll come back and talk some more about it. So not the same energy that we had yesterday. Um, but the draft's far from over. Let's see what happens the rest of tonight. All right. I will be back uh, a little bit later. Until then, uh, feel free to hang out. Hey, folks. So Seahawks traded out of the rest of the draft for tonight. Um Traded back 25 picks to pick up a third round pick from Broncos next year. Not the best day in my mind, but you know, we'll see tomorrow. They have so many. <laughs> hey, Josh, they got a lot of picks left tomorrow. I am really surprised that they did not try to move up. Um, so, and there goes Trenton. Oh no, that's best fit. I was going to say. There's still a lot of decent players on the, the board. Um, the Seahawks next pick is um, just double check Seattle. Where'd it go? There we go. Um, Seattle's next pick will be well, the sixth pick in the fourth round. So they have the sixth and the 21st pick in the fourth round. Fourth round. Um, so it'll be early tomorrow. They've got two fifth round picks. So they got two fourth round, two fifth round picks. That'll come quick. We'll see if they move up at all. I still would be surprised if they take every one of these picks. Um, but we'll see. And there's no Noah Fant move at, at this point. So... Um, yeah, tomorrow's going to be active. I wish they had this the way I want it. Okay, there we go. Okay, so the Seahawks' next pick will be 108, uh, which is 25 picks. This is the pick they got for the Broncos. They got uh, 108 and 123. Uh, with that, folks, I am going to shut down the pod for the rest of the night. Thanks for the folks that stuck around. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Um, don't know if I'm going to do a live pod, but we will definitely have stuff to talk about. Take care.